Hello everyone, welcome back to Firearms Cafe. I'm your host, Tony Brown. Today is Saturday, the 18th of October, 2008. Welcome back to the show. I'd like to thank you uh, for listening to the show. And however you do it is fine by me, either if you subscribe through iTunes or through Zoom or if you go to the uh, website and download it there, just listen to it there. Uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate your time. If you would like to contact me or leave a comment, there's a couple of ways you can do it. You can either go over to the forums and under the Firearms Cafe section, you can leave me a comment either under general or feedback or episode discussion. Or if you want to contact me uh, directly, if you want to give me a suggestion for the show, or if there's, if you'd like to say, well, what's your opinion on this or that, uh, I'd be more than happy. I'd be thrilled, in fact, to get something like that. You can, you can leave that at firearmscafe 
at gmail.com. And again, that's firearmscafe at gmail.com. Uh, if you wanted to send a MP3 file uh, or something like that, you can go ahead and do that. If you're wondering how to do that, you can contact me by email, and I can get back with you on how to do something like that. But again, just thanks uh, you know, a lot for taking your time uh, and listening to the show. If you could, in fact, uh, I'll kind of beg for some, uh, some feedback or even just a contact. If you can just send, drop me a note and say, hey, hello, like I said, either through the email or over at the uh, Gun Rights Radio Network forums. If you go over there, if you go to my uh, website, which is Firearms Cafe, dot com there's a link to the forums or if you listen to like uh, uh, Mick McCart at Armed Citizen or if you listen to Eric or over at the Handgun Podcast there's links to the forums and all that type of stuff so anyway I haven't put out a show kind of on the schedule that I wanted to do and part of the reason is that is because we went on vacation over to California and I'm uh, if you've listened to previous shows, I'm from Arizona, and we have very, for lack of a better word, liberal gun laws. And here in the next few weeks, I may do a show kind of on, on what our gun laws are and what some of our uh, restrictions that we have. Uh, but suffice it to say that we have very, very liberal gun laws, and we don't have, you know, violence in the streets and, you know... Uh, uh, any worse than any other place. In fact, we probably have a little bit lower. I feel that most of most of Arizona, most places where you go, is relatively safe. Let's say that for me personally, I felt much safer in Arizona than I did in California. And part of the reason for that is because California, their gun laws are extremely restrictive. Um, I can't even, as a person coming from another state, I can't even have my firearm in the car. It, you know, if I got stopped and for whatever reason, if they did an illegal search, because I wouldn't authorize a search, but if they did an illegal search on my vehicle and found a firearm, I can get into a lot of trouble. And I could, in fact, I could maybe even lose my ability to carry concealed or my ability to even own a firearm. So when I went over there, when my family and I went over there, I did not take a firearm with me, and I thought long and hard about doing it. I know everybody throws out that expression, it's better to be judged by 12 than carried by 6. Uh, but again, you, you make the decision when you do something like that that you are going to break the law. Whether I consider that the worst thing that you could possibly do because of your intent, your intent is not to go look for somebody to shoot. Your intent is... I need to have an option to get my family to safety. I need to have an option to where if something goes very, very badly, I've got something that can stop three or four people. Meaning, if you were in a situation where three or four people were attacking you or starting to start something, that sounds wonderful, starting to start something. It, but you know what I mean. If, if they were getting ready to uh, try and rob you, take your car... And if, if they're going to jack your car, you know, they may throw you out, jump in and start to drive off. Well, your wife and kid may still be in the car. And you need a means to stop that person from doing that or those persons. A firearm is probably the most practical tool 
to allow you to, to defend yourself. More so than a knife, more so than in anything else, that firearm is the great equalizer. So that, you know, for me is one of the main reasons why I do not like going over to California. And it's, it's you know, super crowded for me. And, and uh, I'm a person who kind of likes, uh, I've always grown up in wide open spaces. And so I like, I like to, uh, I'm not a big crowd person. But, in, you know, again, the main thing was, is that in my home state in Arizona, I am considered to be not only a law-abiding person, but an upstanding citizen. And because I have a particular piece of personal property in that firearm, and that's, let's face it, it, yeah, it's a weapon, but it's still personal property, and it's not illegal. It's a piece of personal property that I legally own. When I go across the border, if I've got that piece of personal property with me, if I drive from Arizona into California and I have it with me, I become a criminal. I become somebody who is breaking the law. I become somebody who is not trustworthy. Now, the trustworthy thing, again, I, and I've talked about this on past shows, once I go into California, whether I have a, a firearm with me or not, I am not considered trustworthy by the California government. And in Arizona, I am. So by stepping across an arbitrary border, you know, if I'm driving in my car and I've got the gun with me, I'm somebody that, that should be looked up to and somebody that people should say, hey, that guy, he follows the rules. He's a good guy. He's somebody that you could kind of look up to. But in California, I'm not that. That's, again, kind of my, my main big problem with going over to places like that. I just don't like it. My wife loves it. The kid likes going to you know, the, the beach and, um, and going to Legoland and things like that. So while I was in California, I didn't want to be totally defenseless. So I carried a knife. And I carried a, uh, it's a, called a Kershaw Leak. And it's a Ken Onion design. And if you go to the forums, in fact, I think you can see on the Handgun Podcast and one of the posts there, Eric has a, a photograph of a target that he's got up on a fence that he had a knife that he did with a knife, that's what I have, only mine doesn't have the serrations, mine's this, the uh, non-serrated blade. Um, or you can go to like a Kershaw website and look it up. But it's an assisted opener. So I don't know if that's outlawed there. If it's not, it probably will be. Um, so who knows, I, I might have, in my effort not to break the law, I may have broken the law. Uh, but I did want to have at least something. And this kind of brings me to the thing of, States like California and the people that live there, I have a hard time believing that the majority of people don't want to have the ability to defend themselves. That right to self-defense, that right to defend your family, that right to defend, heck, your neighbor. If you see him, you know, getting the crap kicked out of him by four or five guys, wouldn't it be nice if you could go up to them and say, get out of here, and they're going to leave because they, 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 they think that you're armed, or that you just show them you are armed. You know, you can do a defensive display, which most places you can't. You know, and then you could save yourself, your family, or your neighbor, or just your fellow citizen. People that live in states where the right to self-defense isn't a high priority need to have a revolution. They need to have, I don't know how to say it, 
But again, they just need to have a revolution. And that revolution doesn't need to start at the top. You're not going to get rid of your U.S. senators and congressmen, you know, right off the bat. But what you need to do, and what, and in Arizona, we need to do the same thing. It's not just goes for everywhere. It's not just like California or other places like that. It's everywhere, anywhere where anybody is running for any office, any elected official. We need to make sure that we get people in there that are pro-rights. And this goes for corporation commissions. It goes for you know the county uh, assessor, the county recorder. It goes for school boards, city councils. Again, any place where you can have a say in who gets in that position, we need to put people in those positions. And let's say if you've got a totally liberal board, what we need to do is we need to try and get the majority. Now, ideally, it would be best to have people that believe in the Constitution and Second Amendment in all those positions, but that may not be possible. But if we, we at the minimum, we need to, need to have at least half uh, of people that believe in pro-rights. So if you have a city council that has 10 people, we need at least five. We'd like to get six or seven um, so, that the, so that the oddball city ordinances don't get passed. Because what's going to happen is those people that want to run for city council Eventually, they want to. Most of them aren't going to be satisfied with staying there, or they're using that as a means to an end. That's going to be a stepping stone. They're going to say, "Well, I served on the city council for a couple of years. Now I'm going to run for the state legislature. From there, I'm going to go such and such." And they may want to stop at the state legislature, but maybe some want to go up into the into the uh, into the U.S. Uh, you know, they want to be the U.S. senator. So if you if we've got people from that base that are going to be rising up and coming up, if they are pro-rights people, then that's going to help us. Now, when I was in California, I saw a lot of political stickers. Unfortunately, the political stickers, bumper stickers and things like that that I saw in t-shirts were primarily Obama ones. There were not very many McCain. Very, very few. I, I think I saw one over there. Also, at our the place where we were staying, we got a complimentary paper. The majority, I would say most of the articles there were very Obama slanted. There were some pro things for McCain, but again, probably three to one in favor of Obama. At the time, and I don't see it so much now, but at the time when we were there, it seemed like Palin was getting attacked much more than McCain, to where it almost seemed like the race was between Palin and Obama rather than McCain and Obama. From what I've seen on TV, and I know it's hard to trust the media and trust what you're seeing, but it, my prediction, I think I have to agree with Ken, unfortunately, on this, is that I think Obama is going to be our next president. And I think that's, it's just going to be a slap in the face to a lot of people that are pro-rights. Because believe me, Obama, he's not pro-rights at all. He He's a guy that wants to do that, you know, in his own words, supported. He thought that the gun bans in places like Chicago, D.C., San Francisco, he thought those were constitutional. And whether, and then, and what you have to look at, in fact, here's, let me, just, I'll play you some of his own words. So have a listen to this. 
Just because you have an individual right does not mean that the state or local government can't constrain the exercise of that right. Last question right here. Garrett Federson from uh, um, here at Cornell College. Uh, my question to you is this. If you are elected president, what will be your administration's stance towards um, the Second Amendment and gun control? You know, I... There's, as many of you know, is this mic still on? Yes. Okay. As many of you know, uh, there's a Supreme Court case that is going to be decided fairly soon uh, about what the Second Amendment means. And I taught constitutional law for 10 years, and so I've got my opinion. Uh, and my opinion is that, uh, that the Second Amendment is probably an, an, indiv is an individual right and not just a right of a militia. And I think that's where I expect... That's where I expect the Supreme Court to rule. I think that is a fair reading of the text of the Constitution. Uh, and so I respect the right of lawful gun owners to hunt, fish, protect their families. I respect that. Like all rights, though, they are constrained and bound by the needs of the community. So I have a right to free speech, but I can't just yell fire in this auditorium. I can be prosecuted for that because we've got a larger community interest in preventing mayhem. So when I look at Chicago and 34 Chicago public school students gunned down in a single school year, then I don't think that the Second Amendment prohibits us from taking action to make sure that, for example, uh, ATF can share tracing information about illegal handguns that are used on the streets and track them to gun dealers to find out what are you doing? And are you just selling them to anybody and, and filling up vans full of handguns that end up on the streets that are killing kids? The point being that there is a tradition of gun ownership in this country that can be respected that is not mutually exclusive with making sure that we are shutting down gun trafficking that is killing kids on our streets. And part of the problem, you know, the argument I have with the NRA is not that, uh, is not whether or not people have a right to bear arms. The problem is, is that they believe any constraint or regulation whatsoever is somehow, uh, is something that they have to beat back. And I don't think that's how most lawful firearms owners think. I think most of them think if I'm doing what's right, if I'm keeping my gun locked down in my home, I'm using it for hunting, and, and I've, I understand the safety, and I've been trained, that, then my rights are not going to be encroached if we make sure that you don't have children or criminals or others purchasing handguns and causing death and destruction on the streets of urban communities all across the country. Okay? All right. Uh, Charlie Gibson raising the issue of gun control with Obama last night, specifically whether he favors, favors a ban on handguns. In 1996, you, your campaign issued a questionnaire, and your writing was on the questionnaire that said you favored a ban on handguns. No, that, my writing wasn't on that particular questionnaire, Charlie. Well, 
That's an Obama misstatement. His handwriting does appear on a questionnaire. Here's the survey in question. The Obama camp did not deny that that is Obama's handwriting. And the answer is yes to the question, do you support legislation to ban the manufacture, sale, and possession of handguns? Now, the Obama camp claims the answers provided in the survey don't reflect his current views. But why doesn't he say that? So again, after listening to a couple of those things, you know, what you see is a guy who says, well, I support the Second Amendment and I believe it's an individual right. But you really have to look at the second part of what he's saying. And then he says, but I support all these reasonable restrictions. And he throws in reasonable, but what he supports is gun bans. And there's, and there's nothing reasonable about a total ban. There's nothing reasonable about, confisca uh, about confiscation of, of self-defense tools and self-defense property. If Obama gets into power, and I, and I might as well just say when he comes into power, once he's in power, he can say that he supports the Second Amendment and supports gun ownership all he wants. But what his record says that he will do is that he is going to do whatever he can do to ban guns and to confiscate guns. And I think the way he's going to start is he is going to push extremely hard for registration. Uh, and that's, as everybody knows, that's the first step into disarming the population. You have to know who has the guns. So I think if he does nothing else, he's going to push registration. And he's going to go under that same guise of, these are, this is a reasonable thing. You can own whatever you want. You can do this, you can do that, but it has to be registered. And then, and I think he might even be able to get it pushed through because I think a lot of middle of the road people or people who did the gun issue is not that big of a deal, who's not that important to them. They say, well, what's the big deal about registering a firearm? You have to register a car, your, your, uh, basically your house, all that stuff is registered. And here's the problem with the car example. And people say, well, it's not a right to drive, it's a privilege. But if, if you apply the same standards to a car that you, or just say to a vehicle, that, that you apply to handguns and to other firearms that Obama would want to have happen, if somebody told you, you're only going to be allowed to have one vehicle, um, but it can't be a truck. It has to be a car. And the car that you own can't be black. It has to be blue. It cannot have a more than two doors. It has to be a two-door car. It cannot seat more than four people. Because if it seats more than four people, if you get in an accident, the possibility of, of people, of extra people getting hurt is too great. It's too great of a risk. Now, when you buy that car, you can't buy more, again, you can't buy more than one car per year. And you also, when you go to sell that car, you cannot buy that car from a individual from a regular citizen you have to buy it from a dealership and when you go to sell your car you have to sell it through the dealership also your car if you die 
that car has to be turned into the state and it's going to be destroyed. It's going to be melted down and made into coat hangers. Your wife can't keep it because only one person can be registered to own that car. And only one person can drive that car. So when you, when you start saying things like that, then all of a sudden the idea, you know, and so the next time somebody says, hey, well, you know, people have to register their cars, what's the big deal? Throw that scenario at them and then see how reasonable that seems. You know, when you, when you put it into a different context like that, it, it changes the argument. All of a sudden, you know, if somebody told you that, if they said, well, that's the idea of, of gun ownership, or not gun, of car ownership, you know, number one, you can't own a truck if you want to own a truck. Sorry. You can't own a four-door a four door car. It only has to be a two-door car. Even if you only have two people in your family, you still can't own a car that could carry six people, you know, or five people. And, and once you start doing, you know, these weird arbitrary restrictions, you know, having to do with color or, if, you know, if you put on uh, bigger tires on your vehicle, if you put on a... a uh, a spoiler on the back. If you put a a uh, uh, a different type of hood on there, well, then that car becomes illegal. But that's what they want to do with firearms, and it's this, it's the exact same thing. I'm not sure what's going to happen once Obama gets into power. I think one thing that will happen is it will galvanize gun owners, and it's unfortunate that it's going to take something like that to get the majority of people who own guns and who believe in the Second Amendment and who believe in self-defense to get those people to act. And unfortunately, it may be too little too late. I think we're going to, again, see some draconian gun laws and gun restrictions and bans that are going to come through. Now, changing tack a little bit, but still kind of talking about Obama. The other day, not too long ago, Eric over at the Handgun Podcast sent me an email about some videos on YouTube. One of them was a, uh, a group of kids that were singing Obama's praises, so to speak. And uh, if you go over to YouTube, you can, um, you can type in kids sing song about Obama and this thing will pop up. It, but it seems really, it, it kind of creeped me out because it seems really very cult-like. You know, like when you see the little kids in North Korea singing about Kim Jong-il. Um, when you saw kids indoctrinated in the 30s and, and 40s in, in Germany uh, singing songs about Hitler. When you see people having in China singing songs about Mao. So it's a very like cult of personality. It almost becomes like a religious event and not a political one. Uh, and in fact, it was so creepy that that uh, Obama, it was up on Obama's website or the had some affiliation with his website. And I guess they got some bad reaction to it, so they took it down off that site. But it, you can go over to YouTube and do it. During the editing process of the show, I decided that I wanted to go ahead and drop this in. I'm just going to go ahead and drop in the song um, for you guys to listen to. And again, keep in mind that these are children. Also keep in mind that it really does have the flavor of a 
almost like a religious service. It's almost like they're worshiping him. And again, that's where it gets back to that cult of personality. So uh, go ahead and give it a listen. We're gonna spread happiness. We're gonna spread freedom. Obama's gonna change it. Obama's gonna lead them. We're gonna change it and rearrange it. We're gonna change the world. think the really sad thing is is because people had to wait for the media to tell them hey here's your new savior here's the guy who should inspire you here's the guy who basically is going to save you and he's going to make all of your problems go away and don't worry you're not going to have to really do anything you're not going to have to pay for anything it's not going to cost you anything he's going to I mean, he's going he's gonna to come down, you know, from on high. 
and he's going to open up his arms and all your problems are going to go away once you're folded up in his loving embrace. And unfortunately, I think the, the most people buy that. All right, well, I'm going to wrap it up for today. If you'd like to contact me, feel free to either contact me over on the forums or you can contact me by email at firearmscafe at gmail.com. Uh, any comments or uh, suggestions you have would be appreciated. Heck, even if you want to say, man, you suck. I don't care. Go ahead and send me something in. It doesn't matter. All right. Well, hey, I'll talk to you guys later. Stay safe. And as always, we'll save a seat for you at our table at the Firearms Cafe.